you're listening to the You Can't Fix What You Can't See podcast, hosted by author and consultant Karen Cornwell. Here we share real success stories from companies striving to become more gender savvy to drive innovation, growth, and engagement for all. Hi, I am here today with Monique Salas. She is the business development manager for the healthcare vertical at Stage Glass. And when she was hired, there was no healthcare vertical. So she has had to create this using her experience. So welcome, Monique. How are you today? I'm fantastic. Thank you so much for having me, Karen. I'm excited about our conversation. Oh, this is exciting for me too. So let's just leap right into it. What has the Sage culture done in terms of helping you grow? You've been here just a little over a year now, right? So that's got to be a high growth period for you. Tell us what they did to make your life easier. (laughs) Okay. Well, so first off, I would say that Sage Glass has a great culture and uh, really smart people who are driven and who are open to collaboration, right? Because you can have smart people who don't share information or you can have smart people who are open to collaborate. And Sage Class really has the, uh, the ability to do both, right? We've got people who are open to collaborate. What are we doing well? What can we be doing better? And what can we do that is meaningful for the world? And I think that's the spirit that we have when we're approaching our business. You know, and I've got a great manager, I would say, who has let me kind of come in and use my experience and background to build out this vertical in healthcare. And essentially, you know, I've spent four years uh, selling dynamic glass. I have a background in the pharmaceutical industry and healthcare tech after, you know, having sold and, you know, won and failed. And I don't think failure is a failure ever. I think failure always has lessons, but I have a lot of lessons from, from that background that have really positioned me uh, well to take on the role that I'm currently in. You know, I came to, as you said, build the healthcare vertical and really have had the opportunity to see success in a pretty short time. And it really is not just attributed to myself, but the fact that I'm, you know, have a great team. So within six months, I was really the first person to lead the company's first portfolio deal. And so essentially what that is, Karen is typical people come to us and they say we really want smart glass and so we will outfit with just our smart dynamic glazing now within healthcare you know after again selling it for four years I thought well what about the other aspects of the building right that are going to keep people well and when we're thinking about physicians and nurses who are sometimes doing double shifts you know how does the acoustic value impact their the way that they're engaging with each other about essentially the patients, right? So the patient intelligibility aspect, how do our acoustics from our glass impact our patient satisfaction? And the fact that, you know, patients are oftentimes in hospital beds that have got glare and heat gain, how does that impact their overall stay and and, and their ratings on, on their stay, right? So all of these things we have to deal with when we're thinking about the healthcare vertical. You know, when I came in, like I said, I had kind of all this experience and and really drive and curiosity to figure out what we could do instead of just uh, treating the envelope, but thinking about that whole building as a holistic space that really needs to function together. And 
given the fact that we have a great parent company, St. Gobain, that does this for a living, right? Building sustainability is the bread and butter. It just made a lot of sense for that intersection, intersection to happen. So off the bat, I think it was my first deal here working with the sales rep, you know, really charged the customer to say, listen, hey, would you, again, think this was valuable if we had several products that could help you in your aim to build your next seven senior living facilities? And they said, yeah, you know, I mean, it really was just a question to ask them if it was something that would be helpful for them. And so they toured, you know, we had the ability to, to tour headquarters and, and within six months, I was, uh, was the first person to lead the company's first portfolio deal. Now, again, that six months was plus the four years experience I had before, I would say it wasn't just, you know, like, oh, it just, it just happened that quickly. It, it doesn't normally happen. Our, our sales cycles are likely two years long, right? People take a long time, construction's naturally a long sales cycle. But I think what, what worked with that customer is the accessibility of our products and them being able to see it. So essentially, you know, that growth spurt and essentially, you know, how Sage Glass has contributed, for me, it's like, you know, we have all the, we have all the ingredients, right? We just need um, to put them together and to have the exploration to say, you know, what can we come up with, right? Now, how, yeah, is, your, how is your management team? So now all of a sudden you're hired to sell one product, but you're actually including a bunch of other products from the parent company. I mean, I could see some leadership people going, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. You're stepping too big here. Let's just get one done first. <laughs> so did you encounter every that or how did, how did they react to that? That's a really great question. Actually, I feel like it was sort of divine intervention in a lot of ways. When I came here, the board had already started the discussion at a high level that they wanted to see us moving together. The VP of sales is someone that I'd worked with uh, in a prior company. And she said, Monique, listen, if anybody can do it, you can do it. You know, and she had that belief in me. And, and she said, listen, if, if you know, because really it's the reason I came over is because I saw the ability for us to serve our customers in this way. But, you know, she also knows what triggers for, are, are good for me, right? So she said, be the first and you can do it. Well, I'm an Aries. And so I always want to be the first, right? I am excited and curious. So I always want to get in there and make it work. So luckily, the board was behind us and management was behind us. It was really incumbent on us being able to manage and organize ourselves. I think that was probably one of our largest struggles is because is, is the fact that, you know, how do we do it? You know, this sounds like a really neat idea, but what's the execution going to be like, right? Because we knew internally we had a lot of things to figure out and we still do but i think the fact that we have a collaborative spirit again kind of leaning back into that with smart people who are driven we figure it out and we're creating new systems as we go along and i think you know five years from now it's going to be a completely different company where we're not even going to be thinking about if we're selling from a full portfolio perspective i truly believe that will just be the status quo and now i say that because we're in a post-covid world Right. So regardless if it's healthcare, commercial, airports, multi-res, single res, we're all thinking about healthy spaces in a different way because we're, we've experienced a pandemic. We understand what economic detriments that can hold for us. We also understand that people want to be communal. People want to engage with each other. We want to collaborate. You know, I'm a millennial, but I still love collaborating and being in person with people. And I don't think that I'm alone in that, right? So we just, um, I think we have the ability with 
Saint-Gobain in order to actually produce that and be at the cutting edge. One thing that I would say is Saint-Gobain has been through pandemics before. They've been through the Civil War. We've been here for over 300 years from a, a larger organization. Sage Glass, you know, not so much. We're a part of that, but we're parented by this strong building sustainability company. And we're, we're a part of that package, right? So it's, it's a pretty cool dynamic, the way it pans out organizationally. Well, wow, Monique, that sounds super awesome. I mean, what you've been able to do. And it sounds like you've really had support from your leadership team. Can you give me some other examples of how they've supported you, particularly since it sounds like you've been plowing new ground for them, which is, you know, that can always be an uncomfortable position yeah. for senior leadership. It's like, what, what trouble could we get into here? And, you know, sometimes that's an infinite list. So give us some, <laughs> give us some examples of, of how they've supported you as you've pushed them to places maybe they haven't been before. Well, I think um, Nimrata did a good, so I went to Nimrata and said, listen, I think we need organization here because if we continue to be ad hoc, we're decreasing the efficiency, right? We have to organize from an organizational level, get other people engaged and involved because I can, there can be like myself and other people who are in healthcare that are doing this message, but that's just, it's, it's not giving it what it needs. It needs to grow, right? It needs to grow and mature. And it needs people to engage and feel like they have skin in the game. And that opened it up. So, so our VP of sales said, okay, let, let's get together and create a group where we're actually going to create process. So we're actually engaged in that process now. And it's great because what it's doing very organically, it's, it's allowing us to talk about you know, what were the wins? What were the losses? What were the lessons? How can we um, train the sales reps with new messaging? And if there's any resistance, honestly, it's, it's from the reps, right? It's it, not from management. Reps, and I can talk about that for a second if, if you'd like me to, but came to the role, the messaging was geared towards stage glass only. And like I said, I knew that we weren't taking into account the full power of the portfolio of products and services at St. Cobain. So, so those two dynamics weren't parallel, right? Because to your point, it's challenging the status quo to say we're offering more, even though we know that that's what our customers need, right? So you have a status quo that people are comfortable with. So I think there was resistance from incumbent reps who really only wanted to focus on Sage class. And to be honest, that's expected because normally people don't like change, right? And organizationally, it wasn't like we had these systems set up to support them. So it was still very much at that time of, you know, what I'm talking like it's been a long time, it's only been a year, but organizationally, we just didn't have that support for them. So like I said, we're building it currently, but we've had success now. We've had a few deals now that have incorporated all of the different products and services. Now, I think naturally as sales reps will see the success and see that the story has changed, that will shift the, the direction of the messaging. That's going to happen organically. It's just organizationally important for us to provide good, strong framework so that they can uphold it, right? And then make it their own, right? So as it continues to evolve. So I'm seeing that those reps who may have had resistance are becoming more open, which is good, but it just takes time in my opinion, it takes success, right? No one ever wants to be the first to do it. And we've had that, we've had some wins and we're getting larger and larger wins. But the other thing I would say is it takes process. 
so that it becomes the new status quo. And I believe we'll get there. It's just about doing those things and being committed to success. And then also, I don't think that any organization should say, let's have 100% people like subscribe to this notion. To me, that's actually really unhealthy. I think it's healthy to have people saying, well, why are you doing it that way? Right? And, and is there a way to, for us to do it better, whether it come from management or from our peers? Because that challenges us to not get comfortable in plateau, but continue to take into account kind of what's happening in our society and continue to change in a way that's responsible for our organization, but ultimately for our customers. Are we matching our customers' needs? Are we predicting correctly what those needs are in this post-COVID world? And then again, coming back to them and matching them to see if it's if it's truly something that is a need for them. So it sounds, Monique, like you're pushing into new territory and creating the need for new processes that currently don't exist in order to build this whole portfolio as opposed to you know selling just one one piece of the company if you will so that usually tends to be really long reaching and gets into many departments and yeah um it can turn into let's call it a knot sometimes but it doesn't sound like you've had too many knots so what did the management team do to facilitate all that how, how did they support you to make sure that that worked well to be honest with you i think they just like get out of our way and let us do it and then they cut they wait for us to essentially come in and say like hey we need some help here and and that's to me that's a, a model that's sustainable because what it has done for us is we've gotten really excited because we've seen from our customers how much they're embracing a portfolio approach and so that excitement naturally, I think, is um, contagious and it reaches the manager. So they understand, okay, well, you're six. I mean, Imrata told me, she's like, well, you, you guys have sold three deals now, so we have to put a process behind it, right? It's not, it, you know, I don't think if we would have went to them and said, I've got this idea and I haven't sold anything yet, but I have an idea. And so the difference is the sale, right? You've got to make the sale first to make your case. That's just the way it goes, right? This is this is the, the environment we live in. I don't think that's independent at Sage Glass. So the fact is we were able to show success on our hypothesis multiple times at this point. And so it, it forces an organization to say, how can we organize around that success? Because it's something we want to harness. It's something we want to repeat. And most importantly, it's something we want to scale. Perfect. That is perfect. So, and they allowed that to happen. So they backed up and said, okay, you have space to play, go play and then tell us what you need. Yeah. I, I don't know that they would have called it play. I, I mean, I <laughs> right? <laughs> right. And I don't know that I would call it play. Cause I'll be honest. I mean, it's you know, when work. you're going exactly, when you're going through it, it is not fun. I'm talking about it now and I'm excited about it. Cause you know, success is fun, but process, and going through and developing can sometimes be bloody because you're going to have people who subscribe to a status quo that might be a peer and that you might need to convince and do some more work on. And trust me, we've had those conversations. Ultimately, I think if you're willing and if you're flexible, that's, that's key, right? And a lot of, I mean, I spent a lot of time in Melbourne, which is our corporate headquarters at St. Gobain doing tours and team building with my peers that helps a ton because, you know, we got to know each other um, at some level and trust each other because we're creating something that hasn't been done before. And I kept, I mean, I said, I say this like a broken record. We're 
building the car as we're driving it and we got to give it tune-ups we got to give it gas and we got to be willing to run out of gas sometimes because that's when magic happens when you are forced to find a solution you do it and you get people on board i mean that's a part of any process right so my boss is the vp of marketing and then i have kind of a dotted line to the vp of sales but i definitely um have gone to them to say, here's, you know, here's what I'm thinking, here are the successes. So I kept them engaged, right, to a point to say, here, it's working. And I think that was enough because, again, they had the trust in me because I'd done it before. So it wasn't like I was somebody who was external that they brought in and, you know, had to trust. I think that would have been a different dynamic. I think the fact is I've got a great sense of trust with the VP of sales because we've been in dynamic glazing for four years. We both understand we've seen every no possible at this point right yes <laughs> I mean, that looks like failure is a necessary process you know and i, I mean recently actually i was on a podcast and the question was name a, a, a failure in your life and and how that you you've risen and i'm thinking like for me failures are a part of the process it's not a binary right Yes. Uh, so, so I welcome it, you know, I'm not saying, Hey, I'm not telling the universe I want to fail. It's not the message I'm saying, but I'm saying that we're willing to try and, and, and find solutions. Oh, awesome. That is fabulous. One of the things that we find um, really helps women succeed is being allowed to have the opportunity to succeed. Right. <laughs> yeah. And, and to lead right? Because that's a, a skill that many of us are practicing. So has Sage given you some opportunities uh, to demonstrate your leadership? I mean, it sounds like you've done a lot of new things, but yeah. Yeah. So I think definitely um, there's been for me personally, so I just went through a 360 review. It's, you know, so that's an opportunity for me to, you know, get feedback from others and hopefully grow within the organization. That's my goal is to continue to grow within the organization. So it's a necessary process. Something that came through overwhelmingly was that I'm an empathetic leader. And that's important to me because I want to be able to connect with people uh, because I believe that I believe in people, number one, and I want to be able to work in a way that people, we all can trust each other in a safe environment. And that probably is because I'll be honest with you. I'm LGBT. I'm African-American. I'm a woman. I'm everything that is the other. So I think that naturally forges uh, a person who is open, constantly self-evaluating, right? Um, in terms of what my impact is and is it responsible? Is it responsible in the world around me? So I think, you know, naturally I am just a leader, right? <laughs> That's just my DNA. But I hope that I can, with the work that I do to make myself a continued good leader, right? And so that this is not a plateau to say you've reached it, you are now the leader of all leaders, and all leaders shall be trained by you, right? That's <laughs> ne never something anyone should be aspiring to be, right? I think Sage obviously is open to female leadership. Um, I, so I can say for me, I hope to continue to grow. I'll, I'll say that and I'm, I'm privileged to have the role that I do, but it's great to be led by a VP of sales who's also a woman of color. Now, let me tell you, that never happens. I live in the Bay Area and that super never happens. Typically you see white uh, males in these roles. And while there's nothing wrong with that as a society, we're shifting 
to really be analytical on how we can be more inclusive with regard to leadership. And so I hope to see more companies analyzing diversity at all levels, right? No, so not just to say, you know, what are our numbers with diversity? Do we have a lot of numbers? Now, what does that mean when you look at it? Do we have a balance of diversity within key leadership positions? And if not, what can we do? So I hope to see Sage Glass continue to do the work in that area. And I'm, you know, I'm, I'm hoping that, that that will continue just the fact that we're, where we are in our society is going to push that forward, hopefully a little bit more quickly. Oh, I, I do too. Yes, we are all in there together. So I, I, I totally think that's true too. So one of the other things when you look at opportunities that people are offered in their jobs so they can soar, right, yeah. is a lot of times those opportunities can be really uncomfortable because maybe you're doing something that has never been done before or maybe just you've never done it before. But sometimes, and probably in your case, both, right? <laughs> you've never done it, the company's never done it, and you're... You may not be flying blind, but it feels that way sometimes. Yeah. Have you been put in a situation like that at Sage? And what, what did they do to help you through that process? Yeah, well, I mean, the whole role. I mean, when I came into the role, the message, like I said, was geared around just Sage Glass. So, you know, I knew, like I said, that this was something more than that. And this was something greater than that. So nobody handed me a rule book to say, this is how you do it. Right. And in fact, I probably wouldn't have done it anyway, because I, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, you know, say if I'm being real, right? Like, Sage Glass has given me the ability to essentially, of course, grow beyond because I, I giving me the opportunity to, to come in and say, okay, how can you use your background and skill set in order to, to, to do this? So largely, I think what they've given is that, like I said, that trust that I can have those conversations and and help the sales execs at their various levels. We've got sales execs that just started electrochromic glazing six months ago to those that had been selling for 10 years. So that gap in experience requires a business development team to adjust and shift according to what approach is right for that TM. So I think, you know, that's another thing that we haven't talked about is, you know, the ability to modify and adapt is is definitely necessary and so i think the organization is really looking at that and i've given the feedback to say listen like the way that we bring on people are we setting them up for success when they're new to this industry that's very difficult you know i don't mean to sound like this has been like candy land <laughs> you know <laughs> it's not this is a very difficult business we have a premium product that's kind of like we're thinking of it compared to kind of something everyone knows, a Tesla, right? So we're selling Teslas and not everybody has the affordability aspect. So we constantly have to be analyzing like what's the best way that we're approaching a market given our product is premium, right? And, and our experience is, I mean, I, I hate to sound salesy, but it's like no other. It's, it's dependent on an organization that is open to our constant feedback because we are always having to bob and weave, especially now in, in COVID, to essentially oh, really? train our reps, right? Train our reps, do what we need to do in order to fill the gaps. So I hope that answers your question, but I don't know. Oh, no, it's marvelous. Thank you. <laughs> so is there anything else that you want to share about your time with Sage Glass and the things that 
management, the leadership team, the processes that they've put together. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like there's a lot of flexibility there, but you may have some other examples you want to share. I know our listeners are listening for things they can take away and use. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, I think with regard to um, a shift, right, in a work from home mentality, I think Sage Glass is more subscribe to the nine to five so having people in the office and so i hoped that the organization would be more open to the flexibility of of, of the employees to have the option to work from home what i think right and, and there's a lot of data to support that it's not just what i think is that you know we have the opportunity to in my opinion be more creative when we are in our own environments and having the ability to essentially, you know, I don't know if I would have had the success that I did if I didn't have the freedom. And if I didn't, like, I always work from home. So this isn't anything that I, is new for me. But like right now I'm interviewing, you know, doing this interview from the garden, right? From my garden that I tend to. So that enhances my spirit, right? And so I can create this environment to hopefully forge creativity. And I'm not convinced that showing up in the same place every day gives you that opportunity to be that, to get into that zone of creativity if you are working from an office every day, right? So that's kind of weird because I'm saying like, we're trying to sell healthy buildings, but we're also managing, you know, the fact that we're working from home. So it's difficult, but I, I guess what I'm asking for is the flexibility to allow individuals to, and the trust to grow because I think, and, and I would say I've seen it for myself, that has a ripple effect that's positive for the organization. Oh, I think definitely. When you put people in a comfortable position and, and give them everything they need to work, it just makes life easier, doesn't it? <laughs> it sure does. It sure does. When my, when my technology is not working, I am not happy. <laughs> no, I think, I think all of us have probably encountered some of that um, during COVID and it's uh let me say, uh, very frustrating, right? I think for everyone. It is. It is. It is. All right. Super. Is there anything else that you want to share with our listeners? You know, I think it's a very difficult time in general in our society. And I guess if I could share anything, it's just, you know, it's important to be mindful that this isn't, we're going to come out of this hopefully better and hopefully more empathetic as a society than we were going in. I think we have a real opportunity at self-evaluation right now because of our alone time. Mm -hmm. And I think that when we're having those conversations with ourselves, if you will, some magic can happen both professionally and personally, just to ask yourself, why am I behaving in this way? We're so programmed in so many ways, right? Yes. And so this opportunity of COVID has allowed us all to analyze our programs. Are they serving me? Are they hurting me? What are these messages that I'm telling myself? And what's a new program that I might be able to quote unquote install so that I could be more effective in, in how I show up to the world? So I guess it's just kind of be easy on yourself and, and take the opportunity to self-evaluate and, and figure out what makes you tick and, and what makes you passionate. That what is else awesome. Are we doing? No, that that is awesome. As you said is it working? Is it really working? Or do we need to shift it, right? Because oftentimes we don't think about those things, right? We just keep doing it because that's how we've been doing it. 
Exactly. And it's not always the best way necessarily. And I think hopefully from this, we'll find other best ways to move forward. I have to have the belief that we will. I, I feel like we're now creating, you know, we never talked. I can't remember a time in the past where we were talking about, you know, race and class like we are today as a matter of social discourse. And so I am a believer, I'm optimistic, I'm a believer that these conversations are necessary so that we can really examine like where we are socially, you know, and what can we create together, right? To me, that's, that's the big thing is after the self-evaluation, what kind of society do we want to create together? What kind of society do we want to exist and live in so that we're ensuring future generations don't have to go through what we've gone through and what we've witnessed, you know, earlier this summer in, you know, we just don't have to continue to live that way, you know, where okay. race is, is creating a stratification that's unhealthy. Right. And this is a good time, I think, for all of us to sit back and say, there are many people going, I, I, I want to go back to normal. And I saw a thing today, I think on LinkedIn, and it says, I don't want to go back to normal. I want to go to a better place where we don't have to have these issues and that where we can talk about these things and bring them up and resolve them and, and get better. I, you know, I don't like the place we were last stuck in. Can we please move to a new one? And I'm I think, right there with you. This I'm, is great. I, I'm, I'm right there with you. And I think we need to all take our own responsibility, right? That we all are responsible to build this, what we want to see. Right. It's yes. not like we, we, I think we've given our power away to institutions and to government bodies to say like, make our lives better. No. Well, okay. What are we doing in order to create the society we want to create? Cause systems are not systems. Systems are just people, people yes. who typically just follow the status quo and never ask questions about the systems that they're upholding. Right. So as long, if we can just dial it back a second and take some accountability, I think we have a really great opportunity to create a better society. And hopefully build better buildings. <laughs> I love it. I love it. That is so cool. I just, it's really, it's really marvelous. Hey, I want to thank you for taking the time today to chat with me about thank the things that, the things so. that are working in your life, because I think it's really important that we share some of these success stories because it is working in some places. It may not be perfect, but there's, there's progress being made and other companies should get out and try to make some progress too. I agree. And thank you so much for having me on. I'm honored. And I'm, you know, I, I hope this was, I hope this is good. (laughs) (laughs) You've just listened to the, you can't fix what you can't see podcast with host and author Karen Cornwell. If you enjoyed this podcast, share it with your friends and peers. If you know of a company doing amazing things to become more gender savvy, please drop us a line at the website youcan'tfixwhatyoucan'tsee.com. We are on the lookout for success stories to share with our listeners so their companies can become gender savvy.